Today we're discussing the sixth commandment, which is you shall not commit adultery. Let's start from there. What is adultery? Hey, it's Amber, wife, mother, type A child of God. Here are little things we look at everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for listening. Before we get to the Ten Commandments, I want to remind you that Pastor Jeremy Maddock is also covering the Ten Commandments in his podcast, Bible Breath. If you haven't heard Pastor Jeremy teach, you should know that he is incredibly gifted at taking really hard concepts and breaking them down into easy to understand bite-sized pieces. So it'll really add a lot to your study of the Ten Commandments if you listen to him. So just check out the episode notes and we'll put a link there to send you right on over. What is adultery? Well, adultery is defined as having sex with someone you are not married to. So having sex with someone who is not your spouse. Boy, with that as a definition, I just think the world is a mess. And it's so funny because here again, so many times when I've been reading Luther's large catechism, I think that he's, he's writing to us. This is what he said. He said, society is such a shameful mess in this regard. When he looked at it, society and saw the extramarital sex going on, he just said, wow, society is just a shameful mess. And I thought, Luther, I'm not sure you know. <laughs> I don't know how bad it was then. And I know that it's been bad at different times in history. So it's worth really taking a look at this because it is so anti-culture to live according to this commandment. So if sex, if adultery is sex outside of marriage with someone who is not your spouse, that covers premarital sex. That covers uh, adultery as in having an affair with someone who is not your spouse. It covers any sort of um, hooking up, one night stands, rape, Pornography, uh, there's a lot of sexual acts that are covered with pornography, um, which pretty much covers a lot of activity in our society today. And when I was reading through the large catechism and I was just thinking about this in general, I was thinking about how Satan loves to take any good gifts that God gives us and just destroy them. So marriage was a gift given to us by God. It was given to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Adam was looking for a helper. He noticed that he didn't have a female component and God gave him one. And when Eve was given to Adam, he was ecstatic. And it was just such a pure, beautiful thing. And of course, with sin entering the world, it just becomes perversion and guilt-ridden and so many ways to destroy this beautiful, beautiful gift that God wanted to give to his people. Any time in the Bible that you have, um, you know, marriage that isn't just between a man and a woman, you've got problems. It's messy. Look at Sarah and Abraham. They introduced Hagar into the situation to have a child, got messy. Jacob had Leah and Rachel. He was tricked into marrying two women, but still 
messy, a lot of hatred, a lot of competition for children, jealousy, striving, just a lot of messiness. You've got Hannah's, um, Hannah who had Samuel, her other wife the for her spouse. Um, there was this competition between her and Peninnah and she was constantly put down, feeling less than because she didn't have any children. David, Solomon, they had many wives, many issues, and it just led to all this family stress and messiness. And God was so good to give us this. He was trying to show us that when you do sex outside of his perfect plan, it just gets messy. And I try to teach the teens that I teach, that God's intention with sex is to bond two people together, two married people together. And the problem with having sex outside of marriage, so with your boyfriend or girlfriend, is that you're bonding yourself to someone that you might not ultimately want to be with. You're not, once sex becomes involved, your eyes aren't wide open to see all their flaws because it's doing what God created it to do, which was to bond two people together. But when you do it outside of marriage, you're gluing yourselves to each other before you've accepted the responsibility and the commitment. And I loved a word that Pastor Jeremy used when he was talking about this. Again, if you haven't gone and watched um, Pastor Jeremy's explanation of these commandments, go for it. You'll learn. Um, but one of the things that he said is that in a committed relationship, marriage, sex is safe. And that means something to women, right? To feel safe, to not feel vulnerable. In, in the Christian community, all of us know women who have been sexually abused in some way. We all do. In fact, it's funny because I've been very open. If you saw the Behind the Series podcast um, that's coming, that should be airing pretty much simultaneously with this. I was talking with Pastor Mike. We were mentioning all the different ways that, um, you know, being on video now has changed how we get ready for podcasts. And it's kind of dramatic for me. I didn't really do my hair didn't invest much in makeup. And I was talking with a Christian friend recently and we were having this discussion. I was staying at her house and I had this, you know, little suitcase full of all my skincare and my hair products and my makeup and everything. And, and I was saying, you know, quite honestly, the truth is I never wanted to be the object of men's attention. And she agreed totally. She's like, I couldn't agree more. I don't want men turning their heads when they look at me and looking at me like that. I, I don't, I've never wanted that. I've thanked the Lord that I wasn't a super beautiful woman who turned heads all the time because I don't want sexual advances. I don't want to deal with that temptation. I, I've never, I'm not a nester. I even said that to her. We were praying together and I just said, Lord, I know you didn't need a nester because if you did, you would have created us to look so much differently and and for a different purpose and a different cause. But all women know what it is to feel like a piece of meat. 
to have somebody feel that way. And that's not of God. This commandment is supposed to protect that because Jesus so insightfully said to all of us, you know, it's not just about the act of adultery. It's if you're looking at somebody lustfully, if you are thinking to yourself about sex, when you look at someone, you are breaking this commandment. I don't know. I think anymore, I've heard statistics. I didn't look them up for this podcast, but I've heard that women are involved in porn and looking at porn and taking part of that in increasing numbers. It used to be a very male problem, but not so much anymore. I did talk recently with a woman. I had coffee with her just the other day, and we were saying that we think maybe women um, read porn more. You know, the romance novels, Fifty Shades of Grey was huge several years ago with graphic, graphic, explicit sex scenes, and where men tend to want to view porn, see it. Women read these novels and read these things that stimulate them in that way. And that's that's taking away from the relationship you're supposed to have with your spouse. That's, again, that lust. That is, you know, being stimulated by thinking about imagining sex with somebody else. And that's, that's not what God had in mind. Our society in general is so confused. We don't even define marriage as between a man and a woman anymore. I looked up the definition for marriage and it said a legal union of two people. Doesn't say what genders, doesn't say, it's just two people who want to be married. And just know that that confusion is not of God. God's not confused. He established it. He gave it to us. It's a beautiful gift. And I love, like I said, Pastor Jeremy's words. Um, you know, it's safe when you're in that commitment and you're, you have this responsibility that goes with. So, you know, by that, I mean, you know, when you get pregnant in a marriage, you're not freaking out to the extent that you would be if you're just dating someone because you've already committed to each other and you know that this can happen. And so when you have a pregnancy, it's sort of like, well, there we go. Whereas if you're not in that committed relationship, that safe relationship where the person's going to stick around no matter what, that's when you, you start looking for other answers. We've got to get rid of this problem now because we're not in a position to have a baby and things get out of hand really quickly. Uh, Luther, this is the one point I just wanted to bring this out because I've done so much. I've told you guys so much to go get, you know, the large catechism and work your way through it yourself. Every once in a while, Luther says something that is a little hard for us to understand. So he was a monk in a monastery for a while and he starts talking about nuns and priests and other monks. And he said, look, I'd love to tell you that these guys were living a sexually pure life, but that's just not true. He said, there's plenty of prostitution going on 
in the walls of the cloister among the priests, the nuns, the monks, whatever, which again, I have nothing to say to that except for that. You know, that's probably something that we don't necessarily think about so much today. Luther made a point that I think is worth saying. He said, not many people are meant to be single. God gives the gift of singleness to some people, but not to many. And we have to be careful because the Catholic Church had imposed this as a mandate for priests. He said, it's really important to not tell people that they have to be single. If they have a desire, a natural desire to be married, then they should pursue marriage. That we shouldn't tell people, and I see this so often with us. My, my kids are teens and young adults now. My son is getting married this year. He's 20 years old. We are encouraging him. We are behind him all the way. We're helping him. I see so many parents telling their, their younger, young adults, oh my goodness, don't get married. No, 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 no. Don't even think about it till you're 30. My son has had a girlfriend for three years. Why would I tell him that? She's lovely. She's a lovely Christian woman. Get married. Do it the right way. I don't want you living together. I don't want you doing it apart from God's way. I don't want you doing it the way of the world. I'm worried that that's the one way that we're encouraging our children to remain single and we're putting these bounds on them. You have to get through college. You have to get a job first. You have to have money in the bank. How are you going to? Instead of saying, I think it's wonderful that you want to get married. And you know what? We're going to do what we can to help you. Let's make this work. What, what do we need to do to get you a living situation? How can we make it work on your income? Look, when I got married, we didn't have much. So why would I try to impose on my children that they have to have a certain amount of money in the, in the bank or a certain level of, you know, money in order to do this? So we have to be a little bit careful. And then again, you know, if, if your child is living with someone outside of marriage, you should probably be talking to them about marriage and the importance of that and, and providing that safe environment in order to have that sexual relationship. Okay. I'm just going to mention two things. Um, Pastor Mike recently said that if a woman wants to do make her husband feel great about himself, don't look at, you know, sex is like a chore. But if you want to make him feel phenomenal, be the instigator, the initiator of sex. Don't make it be something that he's, you know, seeking all the time. But it makes a man feel really great if if his wife actually instigates it once in a while. I think that's always a good reminder for women that, you know, sex isn't a chore, especially when you remember that it is a bond, that it really works to put your husband and you on the same page. So it shouldn't be, you know, way down on the list of things to do. It should be a priority so that we can, you know, be on the same page with our husband and really work to cement that relationship. Because let's face it, society, the world, our own sinful natures, they're constantly striving to break us up and and tear us apart. So anytime there's something that we can do that can help 
to keep us on the same page and put us together, that's a blessing. It shouldn't be, you know, like, oh, now I got to go do that. No, not at all. Like, man, this is important. I have referred to sex as the women's superpower. You know, we're, we're given a role in marriage. The husband is the head of the house. We are the submissive role. But man, God didn't leave us high and dry because it really is a superpower. When we take an interest in our husband's sexual needs, they tend to be very open to our ideas and the directions we want to go. It, it really is almost unfair sometimes. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to get into detail, but to say you were given a superpower and don't neglect it and don't manipulate by doing it, by using it, but know that God may have given us a different role. We're equal before the Lord. One is not more important. One is not better. We just have these roles. It's no different that then, you know, when I go to work, I'm not the boss. I'm not the manager. I respect my boss. I respect my manager, but we're equal. I mean, they're not better than I am. We're given a role, but God, again, like I said, he didn't leave us without tools and ways that we can have some say and some power and some leverage in our relationship. So, it's, it's important that we understand how powerful it is and use it in a way that pleases God, respects our husband, and um, works for the unity of the marriage. Marriages are the foundation of society. When marriages are strong, we are helping our neighbors. We are being great examples to the other people in our lives. I open my house to many teens. I have a teen who has been texting me for a while now. And when he was little, he was at our house a lot. And he's still telling me the importance of the example that Steve and I set for him. And I, it's so important that people see what marriage is supposed to look like and what it's supposed to be and how it's used to glorify God and, and how we need to work to not let Satan have his way. I would say too, just a couple more thoughts really quickly. It is really important to respect marriage by helping our neighbor to be chaste. That's what Luther said. It's not just about us being um, not involved sexually with somebody who's not our, our neighbor, but also helping our neighbor to stay in his marriage and to do what he needs to do. And to that, I have two things to say. First of all, the way we act. I've mentioned this before. I'm not going to go super in depth with this, but I am very, very um, conscientious about emotional ties with people that I work with. So I'm not talking to the male nurses or the male nursing assistants about things that I should be talking to my spouse about. So problems with my children or a problem in our marriage. I don't, I don't open up to them about that. I don't want that emotional tie with them. My hopes, my dreams, all those things, those are for Steve. Those are not for these other men that I work with. And another thing is the way we act. You know when you're being flirtatious. Don't do that. Respect another person, whether they're married or not. 
not every male nurse or nursing assistant that I work with is married. In fact, none of them are. I respect that. I am married. I have someone I can be flirtatious with. I can come home and be flirtatious all day long. I don't need to be flirtatious with them. I need to respect that they're single and that I am not to have that relationship with them. So the way we act, the way we dress, the way we talk, making sure that we're not engaging in emotional conversation that could tie us to someone else that's not our spouse, super, super important. Lots to think about this with, with this commandment, but really it is just a matter of respecting marriage and what God's intention is for sex, which is to have within the bounds of marriage. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. If you were listening and you thought of somebody who you know needs to hear this message, would you please send it to them? We count on you to share these messages of hope and encouragement and God's love with others. Thanks. We're in this together. God bless.